Welcome to On The Spot with Melinda Garvey, the On The Dot interview series where we sit down with some of the most intriguing and interesting women to watch featured in our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On The Dot. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of On The Spot, now available every Thursday on your favorite podcast streaming services. Today, I'm sitting down with Lisa Copeland, keynote speaker and business leader. Without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of On the Spot. I'm your host, Melinda Garvey. I am the founder of On the Dot and very excited to bring you yet another amazing role model. As you know, On the Dot is all about providing relatable role models for women. And I could not think of a better, more exciting and fun role model to discover her path today. So I'm really excited to welcome Lisa Copeland. She is the founder of Cars Her Way, which is a new platform to empower women through the car buying purchase. But it's oh so much more than that, and we will really get into that. But first, Lisa, welcome. Really glad to have you here. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, I'm very excited and honored. I always like to start by going way back. We really are about seeing women's paths so that we can sort of understand, you know, how we get on our path to success. So I want you to go way back when you were growing up. What was your big dream? Well, I wanted to be famous riding horses because I rode horses and that didn't happen. But I, I had a good run at it. I wanted to be a fashion designer. I loved clothes and I loved beautiful things. And I never thought I was engineering. I had enough of technical or engineer brain to be an architect because probably an architect would have been what I wanted to be. But instead, I wanted to be a fashion designer. How'd that work out for you? Tell us a little <laughs> bit about how you got on the path. Because I mean, from fashion designer... To automotive sales. I mean, you certainly don't think of fashion and automotive in the same vein ever. I don't know anybody that grows up who wants to be a car salesman, but that's exactly how my career path started. And it was literally by accident. I was in school and as any good fashion major, my parents were sending me money and I was blowing every dime, Melinda. I was eating top ramen and having the best shoes that money could buy. I would work at Market in Dallas. I was in school in Dallas. I'd work at the Apparel Mart. And I would literally work for shoes. And to this day, I put together a huge seven-figure deal on the brokerage of a car dealership, and I, had to, I worked for shoes on it. So that's another story for later. But anyways, so I wrecked my car. I had not paid my car insurance. I hadn't paid anybody except for Neiman Marcus in Dallas and the Apparel Mart. And I wrecked my car, and I called my dad, and I said, Dad, hey, uh, I wrecked my car. I need a new car. And he said, oh, are you okay? And I said, yes, of course. And he goes, well, call the insurance company. You know, you, you've got car insurance. And I was like, well, about that. Now, of course, this was back in 1985 or 1986, when you could still tell an insurance company or a bill collector that your check's in the mail, and they just had to kind of go with it, right? And so I remember, I'll never forget, I called the insurance company and I said, well, I mean, you know, the check's in the mail. And she said, your check hasn't been in the mail in four to five months. Your insurance has been canceled. You do not have insurance. So I will tell you, Melinda, that was a very tough call to make to my dad. And he was really angry with me for being so irresponsible because, you know, they had taught me better than that. I knew to pay my bills, but the call of the shoe, I, I you know, I could not resist. <laughs> I never did drugs. I did shoes. Right. You know, and the words that defined me that my dad told me, he said, kid, you need to figure it out. And mm. I was like, dang, how am I going to figure it out? So a boy that I was dating at the time had just graduated from college and the job market was tough in Dallas. He had a marketing degree. And so he got a job selling cars at the top store in the country. And he said, well, why don't you try to sell cars? Now, you have to remember, I'd never even been into a car dealership, never my entire life. 
know, my dad always bought my cars. He took them to have them serviced. I, I had never stepped foot in a car dealership. And here I was going in to apply to be a car salesman. And so what happened then? So did you become said car saleswoman? Yeah, after about nine interviews and eight turndowns, I did. Mm-hmm. I finally groveled my way in and pulled a couple strings with, with a senior salesperson there. And yes, I got the job. And the reason I wanted the job, just so your listeners understand, is because back then, car salesmen got a free car to drive. That was part of your compensation plan is that you got a demo. So that was my only road to transportation was to sell cars and to get that demo. <laughs> and the rest is history, so to speak. So I know that you kind of have this crazy, unlikely story about how you got into the business and you had some twists and turns along the way. I believe you had a mortgage company. You also had a retail store. So you kind of dabbled in a lot of different things, but eventually made your way back to the car business and in a major way by being an owner of a car dealership. Now the ultimate car saleswoman, right? And, and that's pretty rare. And even still today, it's yes. pretty rare that women are in the car business and, and car sales. So tell us just about you know, what you're doing now, Cars Her Way, because if we fast forward to where you are now, so much of it is a reaction, I guess, or a solution is a better word for it, to yeah. all the things you experienced for all those years, even when you're owning your own car dealership. So tell us about Cars Her Way and why you felt the need to launch that business. So I spent seven years, I actually relaunched the Fiat brand back to America. And what I knew by taking that challenge on was that we needed to do things differently. Fiat had left the country the first time and fixed it again, Tony. So I, I had to decide, you know, who was our customer, who were going to be our raving fans and our core. And what I found is it was women. Because women appreciated the fact that, number one, a woman. So at the time, there was a woman CEO of Fiat, which I know you met her. In fact, I think I brought you in to meet her, Laura Suave. And then I was the only woman dealer in the country. And I was the number one dealer in the country. So Laura and I were on this crazy mission to just relaunch the Fiat brand. So we had a lot of fun doing it. For women, it isn't what you sell, it's what you stand for. If you stand for something big enough, they buy what you're selling. And we stood for big. We stood for equality. We stood stood for parity. You know, in the automotive industry, only 10% of the retail automotive industry in car sales, for car salespeople, is women. And of that 10%, 90% will quit within the first 12 months things to do with culture, things to do with a schedule, pay plans. There's a lot of reasons why women can't work in the automotive industry, which is insane. It's absolutely insane. I look at my own career path and what it's done for me and the money it's allowed me to make and the freedom it's allowed me to have. So when I decided to sell my dealership in 2016, I decided, you know, a dear friend of ours, yours and mine both, Sharon Lecter, the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, she told me forever, you know you have a business if you solve a problem and you serve a need. Well, Cars Her Way solves a problem. And the problem is women hate to buy cars. And for the American auto industry, that's a major problem. And I believe that women are the only economic stimulus package that any industry needs. But you have to inspire her to want to do business with you. And it isn't that women don't like to negotiate or they're afraid to walk in. It's a terrible experience most of the time. So I made the decision to go, you know, start in the Houston market and find highly vetted, curated dealers by me. So it's been a huge undertaking that would give our female consumers the experience that they deserve as the number one influencer in the world. Then I did a deal with iHeartRadio where we've got a radio show for female consumers. But here's the catch. It's on a station that skews male. And that's because all talk show stations skew men. 
So that's been a bit of a challenge. So it's interesting. It's been a crazy ride, but I'm internally grateful. And the new book I just wrote, Car Buying Her Way, I dedicated it to all the female consumers over the years who've always stuck by me, and I'm hoping they continue to stick by me. So I thought it was really interesting, too, that, you know, your foreword is written by a a colleague of yours who talks about his horrible car buying experience. So I think that the interesting thing is men just have sort of dealt with it because it's just that ego. It's what they expect. So you're going to get in there and fix it. And I have a feeling that not only are women going to be happy, but men are going to be happy. And people are probably going to buy more cars because it's not this drama. It'll be interesting to see the long-term effects of that. You're doing good for both men and women. (laughs) Thank you. I find really interesting about your book. There's certainly some very tactical things about buying a car in there, right? I mean, and, and how to go about and how to negotiate and the questions you should be asking and all that's really, really good. And I think that they translate over into general negotiating skills as well. But there are a lot of stories that are really about feeling empowered, staying in your power. You actually have a the page, I love this, about a fierce girl's business trip and kind of what that looks like for you. So it's not just for those people who are like, okay, do I really want to read a book about buying a car? You know, whatever. Do I, is that, is that, is that going to be on my summer beach reading list? <laughs> but it's actually fun because of all the stories. And I love this, how you talk about, and I think this is the important thing for women to take away from this, is that you just happen to be doing this in the automotive industry, right? Because you saw a problem in this industry. But all of the lessons you're teaching and the things that you are trying to fix really need to be fixed across the board in corporate America, inside other companies. It's so, so important. There's so many lessons we can learn about that. So I'd love for you to sort of talk about, you know, your focus is about women buying cars, but really it's about women feeling powerful. And I'd love for you to sort of talk a little bit about your philosophy behind that. Thank you. So I purposely wrote the book as like you're to your point. Who wants to read a book on how to buy a car unless you're in the market to buy a car right now? Everything I ever learned, I learned from being a car salesman. And I say that semi tongue in cheek, but I used to tell the people that worked for me is that we're not in the car business, we're in the people business. I talk about some of the big things that happened during my career and why they happened and what it took for me internally to be able to have the guts to make, you know, the audacious bet that I made to meet the chairman of the board, Sergio Marchioni of, at that time, Chrysler Corporation. What it was for me as a woman to sit at the table with 18 men. I was appointed by the chairman, Mr. Marchioni, to the National Dealer Council. And so there was 19 of us that governed the entire nation. So it was about 2,800, 2,900 car dealerships. We were their senators. But I was the only woman. Interesting fact, for the first year, I didn't even speak. And finally, the uh, the CEO of the Fiat brand texted me because we sat in this big horseshoe and we were up there every 90 days. And the two things that we found, number one, all the dealers across the country, they all wanted to talk to me because they felt like I was going to get something done. So that got pretty harrowing at point because I still had a day job. And then number two, it's just the fact that the men in the room didn't really want me there. They didn't understand why, because they were elected. I was appointed by the chairman. I really had to come to it in my own to be able to say, I'm here because I'm the number one dealer in the country and I've earned my spot. But that was a lot of self-talk just for me. Mm-hmm. And I like to tell the story that the majority of those people flew in on their private jets every 90 days. I flew in on Delta. So it was a pretty intimidating room for sure. 
Interesting. Well, and I love what you talk about sort of this lesson of on in this fierce girls business trip of how you always when you're at an event, when you're on a business trip, you always make it a point you go to these conferences to meet the leaders in the room, the speakers, the people who are the movers and shakers. That's kind of obvious that you want to do that. Not a lot of people have the guts to do that. But you also like to pay it forward and make sure that you meet with the up and comers, the women who are, you know, not quite where you are. So really taking it. And I love just that whole philosophy for women in general, just about building those tribes and supporting each other, not only when you're moving forward and looking up, but also when you're looking back to bring others along. And I want you to also talk about I know you do a lot of public speaking when you use the word fierce a lot. I know that fierce is actually an acronym for these words that you use. I'd love for you just to talk a little bit about, you know, why that word fierce is. I don't know that I would automatically describe a woman as fierce. It's not as common of a word, but it's a powerful word, right? I'd love for you just to talk a little bit about why that word and what that means to you. Sure. So because, you know, when you're on a stage or you're on television or you're speaking or even when you're mentoring, you know, you have a very short time to make a really big impact. So as I was going through to see something that I would be known for, you know, so many people and speakers and and personalities, you know, they're known for one thing. You know, I think about Grant Cardone, it's 10X. And I think about Tim Grover, it's Relentless. And Mel Robbins, it's five second rule, right? So I needed my five second rule. And so mine was fierce. And I thought, well, being fierce is not enough. I want women to be unapologetic because as women, we're always apologizing. I've done it. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I beat you this month. I'm sorry. We're number one. And you're like, oh, stop it, ladies. Stop. So to be unapologetically fierce 365 days a year because success never sleeps. And as women, we can never let our guard down. So that's where the unapologetic came from. That's where the 365 came from. But fierce is an acronym. And I wanted something that people could just walk away and go, okay, every single day. F is to fear less. It's not to be fearless because I don't believe anyone's fearless. That's being reckless. But it's to fear less a little bit every day. Kind of build your confidence and take one more step today than you would have taken yesterday. I is to take initiative because we're not going to do anything without initiative. E is for enthusiasm because people, nobody likes Debbie Downer. You've got to be really bought into what you're doing and loving it to get other people to buy in. R is to be relentless. It's a tough world out there. And we've got to be relentless in our pursuit of our goals and our success and all the things we want in life. C is to crush approval addiction, which is so hard for women. I mean, you know it, Melinda. I want people to like me. You want people to like you. But men, when you're dealing at the top levels that I've dealt at, I remember sitting at that table with 18 of the most powerful men in the automotive industry every 90 days. They didn't care whether... The guy next to him liked him. They didn't care if I liked him or whatever. And I spent a year being silent because I was so worried that nobody would like me. Well, guess what? They didn't like me anyways. I should have spoke up, right? (laughs) So it's crushing approval addiction. And then the E is to execute. Because if you don't execute, you can throw the rest out the window. You know, you have done such an amazing job. I still remember, you know, on the dot when you wanted to do it and you just executed. You did it. And the most successful women that I know make a decision and know it going into it, we might fail. Like with, with my deal with Cars Her Way, I'm not going to put that in the universe. But if it happened, you know, am I going to be more disappointed in myself if I fail? Or am I going to live a life of regret because I never tried? And so that's the fierce brand because after you know, women hear me speak or they're with me, I want them to walk away and I want them to own fierce. And I want them to think about all six of those words because they're super important. 
if I had to pick two, the first one would be to crush approval addiction. We have to, as women, we have to, or we're never going to get anywhere. Because the higher you go, the less people that like you, the more people that will try to holes in your boat. It's just life. And then the last one is to execute. Perfection keeps people from executing. What do they say? Perfection is... Perfection is the enemy of great. It's also the enemy of progress. But as women, we want to be perfect. And that's all part of approval addiction. So then we don't execute. So then guess what? We're still sitting down here when our male counterparts are flying to the moon. If you could identify, you know, one thing that you think is the biggest thing that holding women back in business. Fear. It'd be fear. Uh-huh. And in fact, I'm getting ready to go do a keynote in Orlando. And I do a lot of stuff on fear, to be fierce, and I do on fear and whatever. But the title of my keynote is, I might even write a book about it. I don't know. But it's just hashtag do it scared. Do it scared. Because we're always going to be scared. So if we're scared and fear holds us back, it keeps us from executing. And if we don't execute, we're never, ever going to have at least any opportunity at all to see success. And knowing that every one of us who's running for success, there's a great chance we're going to fail. But what's worse, failing or regret? I'll let you know a year from now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'd like to add a hashtag to that is that, you know, to do it anyway, but do it with your tribe. You know, I talk a lot about that, about building these tribes. And they now, you know, there's research out there, which is exciting that the women who are making it have a tribe of women surrounding them. And I think that is probably the number one thing that your tribe can do is help you conquer the fear. And it's okay to not be able to conquer it on your own. You know, if you can't conquer it on your own, get a tribe. That's why you have a tribe and you make sure that you use them to help you conquer that fear. Amen. So tell me about, you know, because we're all about role models. Do you have specific role models? And if so, who are they? Well, I never had any in my business career because Mm. I worked in a male-dominated industry. You know, I actually, I had a good friend who was really an icon. Her name is Jodi Devere. And so in the automotive space, I would say it was Jodi. And to this day, she still mentors me and cheers for me. And she's a wonderful, wonderful lady. And, you know, I would say it's my tribe. I mean, they're my tribe for a reason because they're great and they're entrepreneurs and they're fantastic. And, you know, and then big role models, you know, I look at Mary Barra, who's the chairman of the board of General Motors and just how she has led that company out of peril and turned it around and just been the most authentic, transparent leader the automotive industry's ever seen. And then Mr. Marchioni, the chairman of Chrysler uh, or FCA, who recently passed away, he was somebody that I, I idolized. You know, I had the opportunity to work under him and he was a great role model and leader in, in our space. Well, and as we're kind of closing out, what's one piece of advice that either you were told that that has always stuck with you or that you always, you know, give to live by? Oh boy, the one piece of advice. Yeah, it just sounds so cliche, but it's true. It's just to never give up, you know, which is where the R and fierce came from. It's to be relentless. And again, I don't want to sound cliche because there are many days I want to give up. And so sometimes when you have those days, I say give up for the day. Give yeah. up for the day. Go hang out with your tribe. Drink. Have wine. But as an entrepreneur or a founder like you and I are, you've got to be disciplined enough to stick that bad day on the shelf and start a new day and get back to business, which is why, you know, you've got to be fierce, unapologetically fierce 365 days a year. Because the day that you let down is the day that your competitor is going to come in. And what's next for Cars Her Way? What are we going to see you doing, taking over the world? Oh, that would be awesome. Really to scale on a national level. That would be my goal. So right now, we serve the Houston and Austin markets. 
and we have our trusted dealer partners in those markets. And we've got a show on iHeartRadio, Cars Her Way with Lisa Copeland, and it's a consumer call-in show. And hopefully, you know, at some point, once I get to be a better radio host, and then maybe the show will syndicate, which is good, because that means I only have to do one show and it goes out to 400 markets. <laughs> um, and then at that point, I think we would have the recognition we needed to have Cars Her Way dealers in every city in every state. Now, the automotive industry is critical to the success and the health of the United States economy. But when your number one influencer, your number one consumer hates to buy a car, we're not selling as many cars in this country as we should because she's choosing not to participate. She's also waiting longer to purchase her next car because it's just such a hassle. That's so true. So what does it mean to be a Cars Her Way dealer? So a Cars Her Way dealer is a dealership that commits to number one, and most importantly to me, to hire and retain female talent on the retail showroom floor. And I'll tell you, not all of our dealers have women yet, but they're working on it. They're trying. Women are really hard to find. And so that's something I'm trying to help the dealers do. Number two, it is to have a moral compass to do right, even when nobody's watching. And there's a lot of great dealers out there, you know, to have a community mindset, you know, and most importantly is to make car buying fun. Our mission statement is simple. I don't believe in companies that have mission statements or value statements or whatever. When you ask somebody, what does your company stand for? They're like, well, let me walk you over to the wall so I can read it to you. So I want my people to know our mission is to make car buying fun. Mm-hmm. End of story. Right. And it should be. I mean, my God, you think about. We love I mean, to it's shop. Fun. It's fun to go shopping for clothes. It's fun to go shopping for jewelry, even really expensive jewelry. Sure. Right? Maybe the same price as a car. Why is it not fun to shop for a car? Okay, right. But So think about this. The things that you just said that we like to go shop for, who are typically the salespeople? Yeah, they're women. Uh-huh. They're women. So they get us. They understand when we need to try on 12 dresses to pick out one. They understand that we might go into Tiffany's and like try on all the rings and that maybe it's just an aspirational day. Or like some of my friends, when we had the dealership at the domain, we'd have a couple glasses of wine and pop in and window shop or do whatever, right? So they understand the psyche. They don't become annoyed with us. And then when the day comes that we can actually go make that purchase, guess guess where we're going? Right back there. And the car dealerships haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, for the place that we felt comfortable. Yep. And that we felt it was fun. We would go to the place that was fun. fun. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. And I have no doubt that this is going to catch on fire nationally because it's so needed. And I think that the coolest part about what you're doing in an industry that's so male dominant is it's going to have so much bleed over into other industries that can turn and that is committed to doing that. That's so egotistical. You know, you have this vision of it. I think that it gives us hope. I think it'll make a lot of different kinds of companies wake up and take notice. So congratulations. We certainly on the dot appreciate what you're doing to empower women because that's our mission too. So thank you for sharing so openly with our listeners and we will be watching. So everyone can go to carsherway.com and can they listen online? Online, you can listen to our podcast online. You can follow us on social media at Cars Her Way or you can purchase your next new or used car right there on Cars Her Way. Every one of our dealers will deliver anywhere in the country. Wow, that's awesome. And for goodness sakes, if you're even remotely thinking about buying a car in the next few years, get Lisa's book. I know it's available on Amazon and check out her book and make sure you don't go in that dealership empty handed. You'll go in there armed and feel powerful and feel fierce. Thank you, Melinda. Looking for more inspiration, advice and direction? Subscribe to our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On The Dot, where we provide you with the tools and motivation you need to get out there and be the badass boss you were meant to be. 
Tune in next week where I sit down with Jen Graham, founder of Civic Dinners. Share On The Dot with your tribe. Like, subscribe, and share onthedotwoman.com, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you stream your favorite pods. 